we all hear? Tony. Did you, did you say roll tide? Well, we'll, we'll get, we're going to get to that very soon. <laughs> roll tide. That may be the first item on our agenda, but just a, you know, just a guess. Roll tide roll. So, uh, everybody, everybody ready to go? David, in the yes, booth? Sir. In the booth, everyone, everything's ready to go. We are rolling. We're rolling right yes, now? Sir. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's go. Three, two, one. The fake countdown to the first TMG podcast of, my God, it's 2020. Uh, we're ready to go. This is Chris Dufresne of TMG um, with uh, the, you know, the charter members. We call them the Tony Barnhart, uh, Mark Blouchin, Herb Gould, ready to go. Uh, before we do, let's uh, thank our sponsors, as we like to do. Uh, APBAGames.com, the unchallenged king of quality, sports, strategy, games, APBAGames.com. And we're uh, Mark Blouch, and we're getting close to baseball season, so that's when APBA uh, kind of you know, ramps it up. And uh, I know you're, uh, you're, you're eager to, to, uh, to get going on that. And uh, also we would like to thank again into a new year, uh, Rev Rec Chino Revelation Recordings. Uh, that is, uh, this is where we've done business this year, and it's worked out great. Uh, and to to reach uh, Rev Rec at Rev Rec Chino, and I always get this wrong, but I'm gonna get it right this time. Contact dot Revelation Recordings with an S, David, right? Correct. At gmail dot com. Okay. Let's get started, uh, boys and girls. And we, uh, we took a couple weeks off for Christmas, so we got a lot to look back on, a lot to look forward to. But our first order of business, uh, newsworthy today, is we are recording on Monday, where just hours ago, uh, Alabama quarter, quarterback Tua Tonga Vailoa announced and uh, announced that he is going to the NFL. And we will start with Tony. Uh, on this decision, whether you, you were surprised, what it means, ramifications, and uh, let's go, Tony. Well, first, first of all, I was not surprised. I right. mean, over the weekend, Tua went to New York to consult with doctors who work on NFL guys because, you know, what he's got is a hip injury, and mm-hmm. we don't see very many of those, and a serious hip injury is that. I will note, will note, fellas, that he first he had a walker, then he had a cane, but today when he walked up to do the press conference, he did not have a cane. He marched right up there. Yeah. Uh, so he's making progress. I, I believe what happened over the course of the weekend is the doctors gave him a timetable for when he's going to be able to actually do stuff. And, of course, he's not going to be there for the combine. The question is, can he be able to do something for the scouts when the Alabama has their pro day in March. Uh, and I think that they're going to make that date pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, then it's, it's just a matter of how well he can recover. And what, to me, guys, it, it comes down to whether or not an NFL team is going to take him, give him significant money with the real possibility that he's not going to play this year. Yeah. A team, a team that can afford to take a year off from a quarterback, you know, just right. You know, somebody said, somebody said like a, like a Phillip rivers in San Diego. Yes, exactly. Philip is coming to the end. Philip is coming to the end of the line. Tell him to come back next year. Tua goes out there, uh, 
and and gets ready, gets healthy, and is ready to go for 2021. So exactly, I, I think I think all those things that I just mentioned went into the decision. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was talking, my boys are are big Chargers fans, and we were talking about that this weekend, about bringing, you know, look, Rivers has had a bad year, but if you can bring him back on a one-year deal and just say, hey, look, take, you know, take care of this guy uh, as he he makes his way back, it, it there's a real mystery here with this hip hip injury. First, it was compared to Bo Jackson's, but as we know, uh, you know the medical science has, has progressed so much, uh, you know, in the last 30 years since that happened. And But there's still a mystery because, like you said, Tony, he's not really going to be able to start throwing until the spring. And you don't know what right. he, what's going to happen you know, when he, he once he gets in into live a, so live action, so there is a there is a question mark for him. But let's go to uh, Mark Blauchin uh, regarding his decision. Uh, smart move by Tua, or should he have come back and uh, you know maybe you know obviously he could have moved up to number one if he came back and had a great year next year. Well, Nick Saban basically said it. At all in the introduction. I mean, I don't think there's much more that Tua could have accomplished at Alabama. National championship, you know, was, was you know, one SEC titles. I mean, he did everything he possibly could at college. And was just really, if he goes back to college, what is what is what is going to happen? I mean, what's he going to prove? I mean, other than taking a chance of getting hurt for not yeah. being paid. Uh, so, so I, I think it was absolutely a no-brainer. Now, the only question is, is how far, if all at all, he falls in the draft. I mean, before the injury, he was certainly a top two, two three, or four type of uh, player pick. Now, I mean, it, it, as, as as much as his potential is great, it's going to take a big gamble for it for a team in the top ten to make him the number one draft pick. I don't care who it is. Uh, so that's that's the question that has to be answered. Yeah, uh, like you said, I mean, the only reason he would come back is to improve his his draft status. He he has nothing to prove to college football or to Alabama. Herb Gould. Uh, is it worth the risk for a player of his caliber, you know, to leave X amount of money on the table, $10 million or whatever it's going to be, you know, who knows, to come back? We've seen this cut both ways uh, with this decision. Some guys have come back and improved their stock. I remember Matt Leinert came back and, uh, you know, cost himself millions of dollars by returning to USC uh, when he might have been a, you know, a top five pick had he gone out. Uh, what do you think of this decision, Herbie? It, I, I think it, it, it makes sense to me. It's sort of, it's to me, it's less of a gamble than than coming back. Uh, yeah, he's not going to prove anything on the football field as, as a new Alabama's program, but for him to come back and prove he can play, and then you know if he does that for a year, then he's back in you know one, two, three, you know one of the top picks in the draft. Whereas this year. I mean, I, I don't know exactly, but I would think that, you know, maybe, you know, mid to low first round, depending on who wants to take that gamble. But it's a safer play for him because if he comes back and then it turns out that he really is debilitated and, and is not the player that, that, that we've seen for the last few years, then, you know, then what happens to him in the NFL world? I, I think this is the right thing. Go in. There's going to be a team that's going to give him some money. And knowing, as you mentioned, that he might be a project that's not even going to play for a year, but if you can get him healthy, he could be a really good player. And, oh, and given yeah. modern medicine, that you know that's a gamble that 
this is sort of a safer play for everybody, I think. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I, I would not. I, I'm in a position where whatever play, whatever a guy wants to do, I'm fine with it. Um, but you know, if you have a chance to secure a, a X amount of money uh, right now uh, against the unknown, uh, I, I can't blame anyone for doing that. But let's now talk about. I mean, the, the ripple effect of this decision, uh, Tony. Is really far, far and wide. You mentioned, you know, the tentacles kind of uh, impacting what happens to the to, to the L.A. Chargers. Uh, you know, it could impact the. And you know, you know what, who it really is going to help in the short term, or at least the opportunity, uh, is USC. I mean, you know, USC is opening against Alabama next year um, with Tua. I wouldn't give him a shot in in, in hell. Uh, now I think. Uh, Look, with all the turnover at Alabama, they're you know they're going to they're bringing back great players, but you know this is this puts even more pressure on Clay Helton uh, to win that game against Alabama because you're not going to get a better chance to beat Alabama than uh, than their the first game of the year um, with all these new pieces they're going to have. They're still going to be great. Um, it also Tony, tell me how look it impacts the SEC, the SEC West. Uh, the team's trying to challenge. Uh, it's good for uh, it's good. You know, tell us about that. What what is impact uh, not being there? Well, first of all, if you're in the SEC West and two is not there, then you're, you're looking at Mac Jones coming back as the starting quarterback. Uh, either that or a true, either Mac Jones who finished up the season who played pretty well. Uh, at the end of the year against, against Auburn and in, in the bowl game. Uh, you may, you've got the Price kid out, out in uh, Southern California who's coming to Alabama. Uh, he's not coming to sit the bench. That will be interesting. Tua's little brother, Talia Tangabaloa, is, will be right. a sophomore next year. And he can, uh, he can absolutely play. And so this, it's going to be, it's going to be some pretty good, um, quarterback competition. Right. Uh, uh... Alabama, they're also losing. Look, they got some uh, good and you know bad news. They're they're losing like their entire secondary. Uh, Jerry Judy's co- uh, coming out, uh, but Devonta uh, Smith announced. Uh, am I getting? Uh, is that yeah? That's right. Uh, he's coming back. They got the left tackle back. Uh, but you know they're gonna. They may not be preseason number one, but you know they're gonna they're gonna be top five and still. Uh, but I think it gives the rest of the college football world. Uh, you know, maybe a, a little better chance. Um, and obviously that division is already stacked. So uh, it'll be fun to watch. You look at the draft order, the NFL, Cincinnati, obviously Joe Burrow uh, going to Cincinnati, uh, unfortunately for him probably. Then you got, you know, Washington, they don't need a quarterback. Detroit, eh, they, you know, they, they still have uh, Stafford. Giants don't need a quarterback. Then you get to Miami at five. They need a quarterback. Who who do they take? I mean, do they take a chance on Tua? Do they go with uh, uh, Justin Herbert uh, coming off a pretty good uh, Rose Bowl game? And then you have the Chargers at six. So uh, it'll be interesting. Like uh, Before we move forward, let's move back and talk about a very interesting bowl season. And Tony, you wrote about this for TMG. The you know the, the records by conference, uh, the SEC dominating seven and two. Uh, and you wrote that, you know, you really don't, uh, t- you know, take too much into 
bowl records, but that uh, this year you did. Explain your, your theory there. Well, the numbers sort of jump off the page. I mean, with the SEC sitting there at 7-2, and two, only one other conference has a winning record, and that's your, <coughs> your Pac-12. Yeah, we'll get into uh, that. And, yeah, and they're sitting there at 4-3. The Big Ten's at 4-5, and five, Herb Gould. And uh, the <laughs> ACC is four and six, and we knew they weren't very good. And the Big Twelve, let me tell you what, the Big one Twelve of, is one in five, one in right. five in 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 bowl games. And I think somebody told me something interesting the other day, a theory of why the Big Twelve is struggling, and why um, you know Lincoln Riley may think about leaving there someday. Uh, but we'll, we can get in a little bit. The Big 12 is 1-5. and five. SEC beat Oklahoma State, That's right. Oklahoma, and Baylor. Beat both of their top their top right. two teams. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, and these things are funny because, Tony, three of those SEC games, I mean, look, the Gator Bowl and uh, and the Belt Bowl were, you know, <laughs> you know, there's no way. Look, I still can't believe Tennessee won the Gator Bowl. And Kentucky, Kentucky wins on the on a last second, basically touchdown. Um, And uh, what other game was close? What could have gone? The uh, Texas A and M that was a that was a uh, you know that was a close game. Um, And let's go to Herb Gould because conversely, uh, the Big Ten had has a losing record. But look, uh, Wisconsin out. Yeah, go ahead. Let me let me mention a couple things before we start into this, I, I mentioned this in my Big Ten Bowl preview. The Big Ten was favored in four of its games. The over-under on wins was four and a half. It's, it's about there. The SEC was favored in eight of its games. The over-under was seven. Uh, you know, and, and as Tony mentioned in his wrap-up, I, I don't know that we want to read too much into this. I mean, I've seen years where the Big Ten... I'm, not, I'm trying to think. A few years ago, the Big Ten went eight and one, and everybody was like beating the Big Ten drum. I, I don't really buy it. You know, it's it, it, it really you know a lot of these games hinged on one play or or one whistle. Um, you know, the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten. The, the, the big takeaway for me from the Big Ten is that Ohio State and Wisconsin just you know they just let it slip through their hands. I mean, they had yep. every opportunity to win their games. And then they didn't get it done, you know. And, and and I'm not talking about, you know, there were definitely some controversial calls, but they didn't, even they didn't get it done. You know, they had opportunities that transcended any bad calls. Uh, that that's the part, you know, that I, that if I really take one thing out of the Big Ten Big uh, Bowl season, you know, that inability to get over the top. I mean, you were at that game, Duke. Who was the dominant team in Pasadena? Uh, Wisconsin. Um, here's here's a note for you guys. Uh, Oregon had 204 yards of total offense. That was the lowest. Mm. That was the lowest uh, number for a winner or a loser in the Rose Bowl in 41 years. 204 total yards. Wisconsin had four turnovers. They were they were the better team. And I would argue, and and Tony and 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 Mark, you may disagree. I thought Ohio State was the better team in the, in that semifinal game. Um, uh, there's a lot of reasons why they didn't finish it, and and great and Clemson is a is a championship team, and but you can't tell me that that 
that Clemson was better than Ohio State, Mark Blouchin, in that game, uh, I thought Ohio State sort of gave it away. Yeah. They did. They did. You're right. And and, and one of the things you know, we were talking about the bowls and, and and conferences, it's it's funny we we judge we judge those bowls before we pick them on what they did during the regular season and and, and, and mainly. But what happens in, in bowl bowl games is coaches coaching staffs leave, players leave. It's, they're not the same teams. The circumstances are different. I mean, so so you can't you can't make an honest judgment. It's not the same type of team that that you know. Like, like, say Memphis, Memphis won, won, the, won the, you know, uh, the the playing the, uh, the Cotton Bowl, but it was playing without its coach. And that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. That's yeah. a big deal for teams. I mean, and the players don't play, uh, coaches don't coach, so, so it's it's tough to make a like Tony said a, a realistic judgment on, on conference strength based on the bowl games as opposed to the regular season. Well, and you look well, at it, yeah, uh, go ahead, go ahead, Tony. No, I was just going to say about the about the Clemson Ohio State game. I mean, that was in the first half. That was nothing but a street fight. Ohio oh. State was kicking their butt up and down the field and physically dominated Clemson. Just and yeah. Clemson's going, whoa, whoa, we haven't. And but, but what happened was is they had they had them down and they didn't knock them out. That's right. And they let Clemson yeah. get off get off the mat. And Clemson, by then, the, the speed and the physicality of the game, Clemson had finally said, "Oh, okay, okay, this is we, yeah, we know how to do this. We just haven't done it all year. And these guys are these guys are kicking our butts. We better do something." And yeah. Then, Can I ask a question? You know, Tony, though, in the first half of the Big Ten championship game, who's the better team? Wisconsin. Yeah. Oh, the, Wisconsin. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, and you know. Wisconsin was the better team, but but why? And you know, this is the thing. This is why. I, I the more I think about this, the more I think that this disparity of schedules is really huge. Ohio State was banged up in that Wisconsin game because they had just played Penn State and Michigan. Justin Fields clearly was did not have all of his mobility in that game, and, and we don't really know. You know how many you know, guys are playing hurt all the time in in college football late in the season. And there's a cumulative effect there, and and I know that that was a factor with Ohio State and Wisconsin, and I wonder if it was a factor with Ohio State and Clemson. I mean, we see that in a lot of games where, you know, the team is beat up. You know, you know, you might not know about it, but there is a cumulative effect on that. And I think that you know, relative schedules, you know, keeping schedules standardized is going to be a real question down the road because. You, 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 if you got one team beat up and the other one's healthier, that's that's a big advantage. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how you do that, and we talk about that all the time. This year, Alabama kind of got criticized because they they hadn't really beaten anybody all year. Uh, but Tony, you know, next year they play USC and Georgia comes back on the uh, on the rotation after uh, it's like. Uh, Haley's Haley's comment. I think it's like every sixty-seven years they, they play. They play each other. But you know, next year Alabama has no issues. Uh, so I don't know how you, uh, you know, you you get the, all those cats together. You know, it's kind of like herding cats, as they say, when it comes to college well, football scheduling. You know, I've I, I been thinking about it, and I'm getting ready to do a, a column on it for for the website. But I, I think that. If you can get everybody together and say, "Well, this this is the way we're going to do it academically," I mean, there are some there are some variations from conference to conference, but but there are some standards 
set by the NCAA, and and you can do that. You can do that with schedules. I'm not exactly sure how. And as we've discussed, it doesn't necessarily have to be. You know, ideally everybody would play the same number of conference games. But if they don't, you could still do it by scheduling. You know, more quality non-conference opponents. Uh, you know, it's a tricky deal. I'm not sure exactly how you do it, but I think there are ways you could do it, and I think it actually would get you closer to a, a more satisfying championship in a 14 playoff than, than you know, this we've talked about. You know, going to an 18 play, playoff isn't going to solve all your problems either, and maybe this is an intermediate step. Right. Um, well, the, the, the problem with trying to get everybody to do the same thing from a conference scheduling standpoint is that it, that that that's a that's a non-starter. I mean, because if you go to the SEC and say we would really like for you to play nine conference games because we want everybody to play the same number of conference games, the SEC would go, well, you're more than free to join us at eight. Okay, and then you you made the decision to play nine conference games. Oh yeah, that's you, right. You you were going to make a lot more money doing it, and you and you chose, and you and the the, the Big Ten chose, and the Pac-12 chose. And the Big 12 chose to take the money. And the SEC is going, hey, we're good. Now, what you could do, what you could do is get together as a group and say, let's make a deal. Everybody plays 10 Power 5 games. Regardless of how many conference games you play, everybody plays 10 Power 5 games. Then then I think that would be a more equitable situation. Exactly. And then the other thing is I think you could tweak it further by, you know, quantifying, you know, there are, there are, there are tiers of power five teams and you you could take, you know, this is something you could take it over a five-year period, a 10-year period and say, well, you need to pay a power five team that has attained this kind of a rating over a period of time. Because as we all know, I mean, if you're playing, you know, playing a Vanderbilt or or an Illinois as opposed to playing a Georgia or or a Michigan, those are you know those are apples and oranges too, even within Power Five. That's right. You know, there there are ways that you could do it. Yeah, the number of conference games is not that that's not that's not the make or break. The the point is to just have better testing of, of teams during the season, and then you look at Clemson. I don't even know what you could do with the ACC short of, you know, hoping that Florida State and Miami turn to glory. That's a nonsense. It's cyclical. It wasn't that, that long ago when, when the ACC had Clemson, Louisville, and Florida State, all top ten teams in the same division, mm-hmm. plus Miami and Virginia Tech. That's a tough league. Right. I mean, this year they, they deserve to get criticized, and they have been criticized. But it's all cyclical in nature. Yeah, we 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 worked out. You, you can't you can't legislate. You know, Duke talked about that with with uh, your scheduling when you you know like when 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 Rutgers Rutgers was was playing uh, uh, Washington, uh, yeah. Twelve team, they were pretty good when they played. You know, now they played this year and they're horrible. You can't you can't project that. That's tough to do. At Clemson schedule. I mean, Clemson plays South Carolina and uh, they play Texas A and M. Those were their. You can't do any better in terms of. Right. What you control than than playing those games, uh, but that's why it's hard to get it. It's hard to get any sort of uh, unifying. That's you know it's the beauty and the bane of of college football. It's not like the NFL. It's uh, uh, it's it's all over the map. And it kind of. Uh, but getting back to that point, you look at the semifinal games. You get one game, a fantastic game 
and I don't know what to say about what happened to Oklahoma uh, against LSU. Uh, I know LSU is good, but uh, that was an embarrassment for Oklahoma for a, for a program that is proud and, and tradition. Um, how do we explain what happened to Oklahoma, Mark? Uh, and, and how many times do we get, we have to see this? Oklahoma has, has <laughs> done this year after year after year. Well, you can see. I mean, with Oklahoma, I don't think anyone should be stunned by it because if you look at what I think Oklahoma's last five five appearances, and, and, and it's been the same thing every year with Oklahoma. They don't play any defense outside the back, the, back, the Big Twelve. When, when it comes to crunch time with Oklahoma. And, and the, the, the amazing thing about it is during the season, it looked like it was a time that Oklahoma had figured out, Lincoln Riley had figured out the problem with defense. They were playing pretty good defense, but that was going against other Big 12 teams. So I don't know what the answer is with Oklahoma. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a puzzler. Um, well, well here, here's, here is, they, had, they had injuries and suspensions in that bowl game. I mean, not that that was going right. to you know, change the outcome, but it might have you know, made it a little bit closer games. Uh, you know, they were they were a banged up and suspended team, I, I do believe. But it, it, and from what I'm hearing, it's a lot more, it's even more fundamental than that, guys. Trust me, I'm down on the field before the LSU and Oklahoma game, and I'm looking at LSU's team, and I'm looking <laughs> at Oklahoma's team. Oh, are you kidding me? It's not even close. Right. I mean, and here's here's the thing that a coach told me. He said, the issue for Oklahoma is that Lincoln Riley has got to recruit a certain kind <laughs> of player to win the Big 12. Smaller, quicker, faster receivers. Linemen have got to be a little – they can't be 330, 340. They've got to be a little slimmer. And that's all well and good because they're winning the Big 12 every year. The problem is, is when they get to the playoffs – and they have to play an LSU, or they have to play in Alabama, and those guys can just line up and road grade you. Yeah. And that, that's a real issue. And, and that's why I'm saying this: the Big 12 being 1-5 and five is not a fluke. There's a fundamental difference in the way the game is played in that league. Right. It's going to take <laughs> – well, of course, once again, Texas will te- – there's no school like Texas that uh, – you know, kind of gives a false uh, uh, projection to next year. You know, last year they beat uh, when they beat Georgia. It was like we're back, and, we're and, back. and now we're they, back. You know, this year they, they they beat Utah. You know, and then but something happens in the uh, between that game and next season. Um, here's an interesting this, and this is what I love about college because it's unique. This, who would you rather be? And I I thought about this after after watching the Rose Bowl. Uh, Oregon in the end was better off losing to Arizona State for this reason. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be the, the team that, that uh, plays LSU in, in a semifinal game and just get your – I mean, Oregon would have lost. Oregon would have played better in Oklahoma, I guarantee you. They would not have given up 63. But Oregon would have lost to LSU. Instead, Oregon went to the Rose Bowl and – the, at the end of the game, there were or, there were Oregon players crying in joy. Uh, Justin Herbert had a signature uh, uh, victor, uh, game, a great performance. Um, that's their that that was the end of their season. Who would you rather be? Would you rather lose yep. in the semifinal by fifty points or win the Rose Bowl? You know, it's like uh, 
Who, wh- well, you, you'd always rather get into the playoffs, but yes, winning the Rose Bowl <laughs> is is a much better outcome than getting drilled by uh, Joe Burrow. That's what I'm I'll, saying. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, I'm saying Oregon. Oregon ended the season in in, in uh, one of those, and that was I uh, was I was there. Uh, I've been to a lot of Rose Bowl. That that was about as picture perfect. Uh, of a of a scene and and the weather and and the optics of that game, uh, and that's what Oregon those Oregon seniors will be going out with instead of walking off the field after being humiliated. But I'm saying that that doesn't happen in any other sports. That's one of the unique th- unique things. Well, you're, you know, so well, you know, you too. I mean, okay, maybe 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 the Oregon basketball team should 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 opt I'm not playing in the NCAA basketball tournament and say we want to play in the NIT. What the hell? Are you kidding me? Well, what Come what uh, well, what equivalent to the Rose Bowl is there in the NIT? I'm sorry. The, 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 the I'm telling you, answer the, the, answer the, the question. Rose Bowl wasn't part of the Final Four. Answer the question. Me? What? Yeah, you know what I, I, similar? I, I, I I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm saying. Well, when Wisconsin. Was you know we were talking about that when Wisconsin was was looking like it was going to beat Ohio State and and was had a chance to be in the playoff same you know it was in that same situation as Oregon and I was sitting there thinking you know what I would much rather be in the Rose Bowl than getting knocked around in the playoff you know this whole emphasis on the playoff it, it's not not as big of a thing to me I I I, I agree the Rose Bowl is a wonderful thing and. You know, there might not be there might not be another that that is a real unique kind of a of right. a bowl game for so many reasons. Uh, but I don't get this obsession with the with the playoffs. Well, that that's kind of my point. And Mark, you made the argument about you know the Rose Bowl not being not being as meaningful because there was no you know they weren't playing for anything. Well, for right. how many how many times in a hundred years was the Rose Bowl not for the national championship? Most, you know, <laughs> and, 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 and so, so because some tr- just trick in, in our mind that because there's a playoff that the Rose Bowl now is not meaningful. It's not a trick in our mind, Duke. It's, it's, it's the reality of the, of, of the times. We're playing, there was, there was no better game played in, at any level at, for, for more stakes than, than in 2006 when Texas played, played uh, what do you call it, uh, USC. That was, that was as good as it possibly gets in college football. Right. That was the perfect scene. Perfect. The only time was the date was wrong because it was not January one, but that's as good as it gets. That's what you try striving for in college football. And anything you play for championships. What are you kidding me? Let's 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 play. No, 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 no. For a hundred years, for a hundred years, college football did not do that. Every every day was but a reason. Well, that's great. I, I'd like to see thirteen bowl games. So we have forty. It doesn't exist anymore. Well, I'm just saying the rules. Well. I, I, Duke, I, I would I would argue that the Rose Bowl is still the Rose Bowl, but the Sugar Bowl ain't the Sugar Bowl. Okay, uh, there were a lot of empty seats the other night in New Orleans, and it, it's still a big deal. But the fact of the matter is, and it, it, it's an it's an un, as as our good friend Michael Changizi would say, it's an unintended consequence right. of the playoff, and that's just what it is. Now, going to the if you're a Pac-12, a big Big Twelve, team, a Big Ten team, going to the Rose Bowl is always going to be the deal. It's always going to be if you're not playing for the national championship. But the fact of the matter is, if you gave Ohio State a choice, 
well, you can go to the Rose Bowl, but you can't put, you can't be in the playoff. They're going to choose the playoff every time. But that still, I still think the Rose Bowl has a lot of meaning to it. But the fact of the matter is, that all the decline that you're seeing in the other bowl games is people emphasizing the playoffs. We start the season, people saying, who's in and who's out? First damn week of the season, who's in and who's out? And that has now become the focus of college football. And, and, and that's not necessary. That's not a, that's not a good thing. It's just the way it is. And if we go to eight, it'll be worse. Well, yeah, yeah. but to, to, you know what? There's, more, there's more to it than that. I mean, we're not only seeing Anthony Pete at, at the Sugar Bowl, but there are there are big powers in having good seasons at uh, in the Big Ten. We saw it this year with Notre Dame. They had their first non-sellout in decades. It's sort of a trend in college football that because of the rise of television and because of the cost of traveling and because of the ease with which you can watch these games on your giant screen, the, the, the in-person experience is diminished. And that's the thing about the Rose Bowl. It's still a phenomenal in-person experience. You go to the, you know, you go to the Sugar Bowl, you're in a dome. It's not, you know, it's, it's cool, but it's not, it's not that atmosphere that, that's unique to Pasadena. And, you know, I don't know that it's just because of the playoff is what I'm saying. I think that's a trend that's, Tony. He has a lot of other... Uh, well, here, Herb, 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 let me ask you this question. Tony, you, you were there. Which was better, Georgia-Oklahoma or, 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 or Oregon-Wisconsin? Which was a better game? Oh, Georgia-Oklahoma. <laughs> what was it for? It was about uh, four. Well, that has nothing... No, that's yeah. ridiculous. No, no, I'm talking about... That's that's what it meant. That, that's why it was a final four. That's why... That, no, one, no, one remembers, no, no one remembers, uh, you know, the... This one because it didn't mean anything, but Georgia, Oklahoma was, was for the Final Four. The winner got to the Final Four. That's great. Well, uh, I, 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 you know, my eyes, you know, betrayed me because uh, when you were at the Rose Bowl in that game, every there was, you know, everything that ha- happened in that game. I didn't, I don't remember a, a bigger game in that moment for those players and that. And 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 but those players, you, you you think it was better? It was better than than Texas. And, I mean, better. Why, why do I have to? Ju- why do I have to judge it? Why do I have to judge him against against uh, everything else? I'm they telling you, in that moment, for a championship. That's what you do in college football. That's, that's what the no, you don't. Well, you do now. For a hundred years, that wasn't the well, case. That's great. Well, I'd like to be. I like to be 1962, and then and see the Yankees play the Pirates again, and have the well, you know, Blau, Blau, okay, well then, Blau, the, the case you're making, Boston College shouldn't even play football. Hey, you know, Herb, they, they didn't in a ball game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they were they were looking. You know, I, I, I think it's. <laughs> it's too narrow of a view. I think these bowl games are really, you know, they're, 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 the, obviously the playoff is the best thing. And if you're a certain caliber of team that expects to be in the playoff and has that as your, your goal, you know, from day one, that's fine. But there, there are only a handful of teams that have that goal. That's and for right. good reason, because the playing field is not level. And there are teams that have a much better chance of doing that. That's but that true. doesn't mean that the other teams can't have successful enjoyable entertainment. That, that's right. But what the bowl game's supposed to reward for good seasons. When I first started in 1982 doing this, there were 13 bowl games. You ought to be a good team to play in a bowl game in 1982. <laughs> yeah, you probably walked his, no, walked his 
school in the snow barefoot in those days. Well, yeah, but you talk about the same thing. Well, why should you care? Turn, don't watch them. Don't watch the games. Exactly. Why should you Fine. care whether someone else plays in a bowl game? I don't. <laughs> okay. Is, you know, those games are fun. I mean, that Kentucky finish. I, I, oh, there I'm were some not, great I games. No, I got no interest in Kentucky or Virginia Tech, but I was riveted to that game. That was great fun. Look, you know, and there were a bunch of others like that. Navy and, and uh, Kansas State. That you can go down the list. All there the were a bo- bunch of games. Tennessee and Indiana. That's, that's know, great. Those are great football games. They were. All the bowls we we ranked as the worst bowls, and uh, uh, you know, coming into the, you know, the Belk Bowl, fantastic, uh, Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, fantastic. Uh, oh, some of the, let's some, let's give everybody an award for participating. Then that's great. We're, we're back to it. That's good. well, you know, don't watch them. But getting back, getting back to the play, you know, to New, to New Year's Day, and now next year. You know the rose and the sugar are our semifinal game, so everything that's the way it should be, right? everything's beautiful. That's but right. but yeah, Tony Barnhart, it. let's at, let me ask you a that's, question. That's the way God intended it to be. That's right. right. Well, tell, how about would and we'll ask you because this, there are a lot of uh, scenarios out there that what they should do in years where the sugar and the rose aren't the semis is wrap the semis around the Rose Bowl on January one. And but that oh. would, but that would mean the Sugar Bowl. And you you talked about the Sugar Bowl. Okay. Let me let me tell, let me tell you how that conversation would go. <laughs> well, you you go you go to the you go to the Southeastern Conference and the Big Twelve forged their own alliance several many years ago because they wanted an alliance like the Big Ten and the Pac twelve have in the Rose Bowl. So they went to the went to the Sugar Bowl and said, "What do you think?" Sugar Bowl says, "Oh, we get the SEC champion and the Big Twelve champion if they're not in the playoffs. Sign me up." Okay, so then you would go to you would go to the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the Sugar Bowl and say, "Hey guys, on the years that you're not hosting a semifinal, we would really like you to move your game to New Year's Eve." Right, and the and the SEC would say. No, we're good. And okay, so, well then, that, that was, well then, don't complain yeah. if you're if you, if the ratings are bad after you know like or, or they're, they're, they're the stands are not full in off years. What if it, what if you were standalone standalone on New Year, on New Year's Eve, the only game in town on TV? Well, you you, you understand <laughs> having that New Year's Day time slot. <laughs> okay. But listen, okay, and the, the Sugar Bowl. And the Big Big 12 and the SEC would say, okay, we'll give ours up as soon as the Rose Bowl gives theirs up. Well, nanny, nanny. Okay. I'm just saying that having that that anchor on where you can always tell people that we're playing the Sugar Bowl on New Year's night at 830 Eastern time. I don't, I don't see how you're going to get the SEC to break that deal. You get, but you just said this game, this year's game, was diminished by following the Rose Bowl. That's that's my if question. It, if, if, if if it makes you if, better, yeah. It, but it, it's it's only going to be further diminished if you move it out of the New Year's night time slot. Okay. So. All right. Well, I'm just was just offering a suggestion, so. <laughs> I knew that was going to go down. Anyway, we, we we've had a lively discussion. Let's get real quickly to the 
the big game on uh, next uh, Monday, uh, the championship game, and I, I can't see why this won't be a fantastic uh, title game. It is sort of a regional game again. But uh, Mark Blashen, how do you how do you see this shaping up? Uh, to me, it seems like this is Joe Burrow's year, and nothing's nothing's going to stop it. Am I wrong about that? I, no, I, I have no choice. I picked LSU win. Uh, well, you did, yeah. So I got to stick with LSU. I'm sorry. I'm, well, I know, but I, I, I think Clemson's going to give him more problems than they've ever had all year. But I, but I'm, I stuck with LSU in August. I'm not changing. Herb Gould, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I'm with I'm with you on LSU. I think they've played. You know, they've played the more testing schedule. Joe Burrow obviously is just a phenom. I mean, the accuracy and consistency. Uh, and all of that said, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that there's no way Clemson can no. win because Clemson not only is an uber talented team, but they they have a knack for finding ways to win. Uh, I think it'll be a really good football game, but I, I like LSU. And and Herb, I think the Big Ten will get sort of a a credit if if LSU wins with an Ohio State quarterback, and that kind of count mm-hmm. uh, one in you know. Don't you get an assist on that, you know, or maybe a button? It's kind of funny because in this world, I'm I'm a Big Ten defender, but in <laughs> in the world of the Big Ten, I'm considered a very harsh critic. That's right. Uh, well, LSU could win with a Ohio State quarterback. Uh, Clemson could win with a kid that was born in Georgia. That's right. So that's right. And I'll tell you what: once that kid got knocked down on that targeting. It's like a, a light bulb went off. I mean, after this, after the lights went out, when when the, the lights turned back on, that that guy was possessed. <laughs> you know, it's well, like, he, yeah, I, I, I'm listen. I'm picking LSU to win the game because I've watched yeah. Joe Burrow. I mean, I, I I watched him beat Alabama. I watched him beat Auburn. I watched him beat Georgia, and I watched him beat Oklahoma. And I can't I can't bet against this guy. However. Uh, little old Clemson is really damn good. And uh, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator, is as good as anybody. And with two weeks to get ready, I, I think they will give L- uh, LSU right. all they can handle. They really will. And when you add the running dimension of Trevor Lawrence, Ohio State was clearly caught off guard by that. And, you know, yeah. I think that gives, that gives them another dimension that is going to be uh, really hard to beat. But I, I, I like I like I like LSU in the game, and they're playing in New Orleans, by the way. Yeah, thought I'd throw that in. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, to- but to- to- Tony, if if Ohio State executes in the red zone, and this wasn't because Clemson played you know, great uh, goal line defense, uh, Dobbins dropped two touch. I mean, two touchdown passes. Ohio State could have been up twenty-eight nothing in that game, and then it's lights sure. out. So, absolutely, so, so absolutely. Ohio, that was more Ohio State's, you know, uh, failure. Not not because Clemson stopped them; they dropped two passes. That's fourteen points they left out on the instead of in six. And and I think if it's twenty-eight nothing, I I don't think Clemson comes back from that. But they left. So that's well, what's kind of LSU is not going to settle for field goals. I don't think that's that's. What I think that's you. You can't you can't do that against LSU. Right. And, and also, uh, Clemson was able to make Justin Fields uncomfortable. Yeah. He was he was not, and he had a knee brace and on and on and on. So yeah. Right. Yeah. The three the three red zone trips where Ohio State came away with field goals. I that's just that's a credit to Clemson's defense. No, it wasn't. Bowls. I mean, Herb. they get nine points where it could have been a lot more, and uh, 
yeah, that that left that door open. Right, but uh, you know, I'm saying Dobbins dropped. He had a touchdown that they, they got overturned because he didn't catch the ball in the end zone. Field goal. He also dropped a pass on a on a screen pass that was wide open to the end zone. He dropped it. Uh, that was seven points. He had to take three. So uh, yeah, I'm just saying. LSU, I don't think LSU is going to leave those points out, you know, out on the field, and that they're just they're just lethal in my opinion. But we'll see. Boy, we've gone a long time, but we had a lot to, uh, to talk about. Uh, anybody else got anything else uh, on their minds, or shall we move forward? Well, what, let me let me make a correction here. I misspoke on the Alabama quarterback that's coming from right. California. That's Bryce Bryce Young. That's right, Raider D. Mater D. Modern day. Mater D. Modern day. <laughs> that's right. modern day. Okay. Modern uh, day. That's, that's that's one of the big boy schools out there, right? They have produced uh, two Heisman trophies: Matt Liner, John Hewitt. Uh, modern day as they had had previously been the USC, uh, you know, feeder school for about forty years. So uh, that get by Alabama was was pretty big. Um, well, aren't, aren't all the top two quarterbacks in the country, both correct. in California and the, and the other guys going to Clemson? That's correct. Uh, 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 Bosco, uh, in fact, in the, the southern section open division, which is the you know number one division, uh, the Bosco kid beat the, uh, Alabama, uh, the, uh, the, Alabama, the modern day kid, uh, but Bryce Young was, was still named the, uh, the player of the year. Um, so... Uh, Alabama will not be suffering at the position for <laughs> the foreseeable future. So uh, anyway, good stuff, and we'll uh, we'll convene when um, some of us if we get to New Orleans, and we will talk later. Happy New Year to everybody out there, and uh, until then, adios. Good job. Okay. All right. All right. All right.